0: This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon
1: to one. Another day, another 37 deaths in Ontario's long-term care homes this after 47 residents lost their lives yesterday. Staggering total in our nursing homes here in Ontario, 2,877. And the province keeps saying it's doing everything possible, but that's not what we're hearing from those on the ground. We've all watched the tragedies unfold at tender care and other facilities that are the scenes of mass casualties our nursing homes need help. Yesterday, the head of the Ontario Long-Term Care Association told me here on this show that there are bureaucratic impediments that prevent homes from getting the help they need fast enough, and that certainly echoes what we have been hearing from physicians in the community. Uh, we'd like to hear from you as well, 416-360-0740, toll-free, 866 740 and first, Among several, let's bring in geriatrics and internal medicine specialist Nathan Stahl from Sinai Health. Hi, Dr. Stahl.
2: Hi, how are you?
1: Fine, how are you? Happy New Year.
2: Happy New Year. Uh,
1: So uh, that was uh, yet a new wrinkle that I heard yesterday, that there are levels of bureaucracy and that even when a home gets into desperate trouble and there is help available, it just takes too long.
2: Yeah, I think that's one thing. Uh, Another thing that we're we're seeing and and related to that is that we, you know, we have never had this level of community transmission of COVID-19 going on. I mean, we are smashing day-over-day records in terms of case numbers. And what we see often in these homes is by the time, um, you know, anyone's aware that something bad is going on in there, they have these explosive outbreaks with dozens, if not hundreds of residents. And by the time, you know, a hospital gets involved in it, most of the residents have been infected, and, you know, the horse is out of the barn, so to speak, uh, and, and these residents will go on to die despite the fact that, you know, they may be able to better support the staffing within these homes. Uh,
1: a couple of very disturbing things. So at TenderCare, there was a report. They saw that uh, infection control was uh, just, it was absent, and, and there was an inspector Actually, there, that's a bit of a minor miracle. Uh, who detailed these things and, and nothing happened. Uh, the next thing you know, we hear about this horrible outbreak.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, we, um, you know we've seen this time and time again, uh, you know, and, and there's been much covered about how underinspected the sector has become in the year or two prior to the pandemic. The other uh, issue that that came out in terms of the second interim report of the provincial long-term care, Uh, Commission on COVID-19, was that even when uh, deficiencies were identified, uh, there was no follow-up to see if they had been rectified. And I think that's also what you're seeing play out in in this example in tender care. So there's really no motivation for the homes to fix it. And there's no one who often comes to check that it's been done. Uh,
1: The other thing, this is uh, one thing that came to light on the show yesterday. So uh, the government is telling us uh, that by January 21st, they will vaccinate all the residents in long-term care in the hot zones and the health care workers there and the essential caregivers. And uh, a woman who is an essential caregiver to her husband called in and said, wait a minute, uh, our long-term care home has no idea when there will be a vaccine for me.
2: Well, you know, one of the, you know, so to pick up on that, one of the problems is, so what they've identified as the of the priority or zones or the hot zones um, is Toronto, Peel, York, and Windsor-Essex. And I looked at the numbers of this. So, you know, and they they, can, they plan to do this by Jan 21st. And so that is only going to be uh, 161 or 25% of homes, and it's only going to be 24,000 residents or a third of the residents in the province. And if you look at the homes that are currently under outbreak, only a third are actually in those priority zones. So, you know, the problem is everywhere in this province is a hot zone now or a priority zone, and we need to be vaccinating the whole province. The issue of, you know, lack of transparency and communication in the vaccine rollout has been a big one. And homes, you're right, have not heard when they're receiving the vaccine. And then even essential family caregivers, some homes are even unaware that they're part of the vaccine rollout or program. So there is a lot of work to be done to speed this up and to increase the transparency of the process.
1: Okay. Uh, And what do you think has to be, what is the most uh, practical and urgent thing to be done?
2: Well, you know, the thing that's going to, there's a lot of things that need to be done, but if I had to pick one, it's that we need to, within a matter of days, not weeks, is get needles into the arms of all long-term care residents and retirement home residents in this province. And in fact, as I speak to you now, I'm sitting outside a long-term care home that our hospital is about to go vaccinate. And so this needs to be the priority uh, for long-term care is to mobilize all the doses that we have. And let's be clear. We will have enough doses in this province by the end of the weekend to give a vaccine to all long-term care residents, their first shot at least. Um, And so this needs to be done immediately because that's going to have the greatest impact on saving lives. Uh,
1: Okay, just before I bring in our next uh, guest to join the conversation, uh, community docs are saying they want to help, but uh, nobody's letting them in. Uh, Do you agree that would help?
2: I think it definitely would help. One of the things we're seeing is that the vaccine rollout has been very centralized within the 21 distribution centers. If you look at other places that have done it well and Israel's a prime example, I mean they have they have many more vaccination centers, you know, over 80 for a province or for a population that's, uh, you know, half as large as the province of Ontario. Ontario has 21 distribution centers. We need to be fanning out and leveraging the existing networks and resources that usually run vaccination programs. That's family doctors, community clinics, pharmacies within the community. Right now, it's very, very centralized, and that's why it's moving very slowly.
1: Yeah. Nathan, hang on. For weeks, we've been telling you about CARP's campaign to fire Minister Merrilee Fullerton as a first step to a fix. Well, now... The Toronto Star has launched a campaign of its own as they are finding that enough is enough. And I would like to welcome the new owners of the Toronto Star, Paul Revet, chairman and co-proprietor of Torstar and Jordan Bitov, publisher of the Toronto Star and co-proprietor of Torstar. Welcome and thanks for joining us.
3: Thanks for having us, Libby. Thanks, Libby.
1: So what made you decide, uh, I'm just going to uh, quote one line from your editorial, it's unusual to to see that kind of an editorial from new owners, we are writing out of anger and sorrow over the inhumane treatment of one of the most vulnerable and venerable groups in our society, our elders. What made you take that step?
4: Well, Libby, it's it's Paul. I, I'll go first, and Jordan can add. Uh, you know, we uh, we've only been here as the owners for four months, um, and and there's been dozens of our reporters and columnists talking about this issue for over a decade. Um, but but for us, uh, sitting here, you know, just finally, we're drawn to action by by the reports that we're getting from our own people about the the atrocious conditions, and 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 the the lives being lost, and 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 just felt like there just there is not enough being done to expose the problem and to and to get action and um and and as and you just quoted the numbers uh, minutes ago I mean every day it's it's not one or two it's dozens of people dying and it's preventable it's 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 atrocious and so we just thought we had to jump in and do something
1: Jordan.
3: First of all, Olivia, I want to commend you and Moses and and Zoomer for really uh, and all the wonderful things that CARP has done for um, for making this a a, a major issue and Thank for you. standing up for your uh, for uh, all your listeners and and your readers. And that's honestly all we're trying to do is we're trying to do what anyone I think in and, uh, and I, Paul and I always talk about it. We're in a very privileged position and we're humbled by this, that we have the ability um, to uh, share information, to be able to um, affect uh, policy and hold our leaders accountable. And the hope really is that, you know, one life lost is, is too many. And Paul has a mother. My mother is 93 years old, and we've all—I think we've all had friends that have been affected by it and seen how deplorable the situation is. And our ask really is—I think—and you know, you'll see it in, in the next few days—but we have a list of asks, um, and uh, I won't call them demands. But things that we would like to see happen immediately, and it comes. This all comes from a very, very good place, which is you know just treating our elders with respect and dignity. Uh, they have given us in this country so much, and we owe it to them.
1: Doctor Stahl, uh, I know you're not a political commentator, but uh, yeah. to what do you attribute our our, our is the, the government just kind of caught like a deer in the headlights? They, cause the, it seems that, you know, uh, there's not really an urgent response to the crisis part of this as opposed to the fact that it's been going on for decades. And yes, the system has to be overhauled.
2: Yeah, uh, you know, I've often wondered this. You know, I, I, one of the things I think we've gotten into the rut of in this pandemic is we seem to be able to only focus on one thing at a time, right? So early on in the pandemic, it was hospitals and critical care capacity. Then we had the moment when it was long-term care, where that's where all the deaths were happening. Over the summer, we focused on schools. Um, in the fall, we focused on sort of reopening and now it's sort of vaccine, right? And, and it seems to be one issue that dominates everything um, and people are so overstretched in our healthcare system that um, without leadership in other areas, these things do not seem to get the attention and political will and the political action that they need. Um, and, and right now, if you look where all the focus is and where the where all the leaders are, it's in front of freezers with vaccines and at vaccine administration clinics. But the entire long term care sector is on fire right now.
1: Well, yeah, but uh, that's not a great photo op, is it?
2: Uh, no, not particularly. I mean, yes, it is a little fitting that most of them have happened in front of freezers. I think the premier did go to um, the distribution center at uh, Unity Health or at a uh, university health network. But no, I think I think we need to, you know, and I've said it many times before and, and I feel more confident in this prediction, this dire prediction that we are very likely to outstrip the death toll in the second wave, which started September 1st in long term care. Um, uh, outstripped the, the the death toll from the first wave, which was just over 1,800 people who died. We're now closing in on 1,100 deaths. Um, we've vaccinated only, you know, uh, just over a 1,000, maybe a couple thousand long-term care home residents. It takes a few weeks for this to work, and we need the, the second shot getting in. Um, this is a really dire, dire situation. And, you know, even today, we had the highest number of deaths across the province we've seen on a single day during the entire pandemic at 89. So, you know, there is extreme urgency here.
1: What is the public response? I can tell you that for CARP, there have been more than 5,100 signatures to the campaign, uh, which is focused on getting rid of the minister, Merrily Fullerton, and bringing new leadership. And I gather that's something you think should happen as well. Paul?
4: Uh, Libby, I don't, I don't think necessarily that we should um, jump to that conclusion. Um, w- what we really would like to to do is get some action in particular areas like vaccination. Um, but um, we're we coming out with our action plan as as Jordan mentioned. But um, but we don't necessarily want to uh, have anybody removed at this point. Um, we we don't want to give uh, give give some action items that we think we can get our readers uh, to to back uh, to try and get the change that's necessary, but not, but not necessarily looking for anybody to removed at this point.
1: Okay. Uh, Jordan.
3: Uh, Sorry, Libby. Uh, Listen, I I, I reiterate what Paul said. Uh, Our, uh, I, and I said it before. Uh, we owe it to uh, our elders. We owe it to our readers, your listeners, and our hope is really that with our action plan and hopefully, you know, the influence that it has, um, that our leaders will take notice, and we're going to hold them accountable to it. We are. We're not giving up. We and and I say that to everybody on the radio today. This isn't a us uh, just putting our names to a letter. In a newspaper and, um, and coming on your radio. We are going to follow it up and our entire organization is rallying behind this because everybody is affected. They all have a friend or family member and the entire organization ha- has now taken up the cause on this and so our next big one once we release this will be on vaccination and we will hold again uh, our, 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 our system accountable uh, our premier accountable on the vaccinations, when they're happening and what, and we will put it in our papers and we will just make it a, a point that everyone, every day you can check in and see, are they delivering? Have they delivered? And, and you know, the hope is to Paul's comment that uh, we see who really does rise to the occasion and who doesn't, and then people will be able to vote at, at some point in time, uh to remove those people but we believe and I and I and you know Paul and I always talk about this I'm a gl- guy ha- half full uh, sort of attitude in life and my hope is that with the great work you're doing with Dr. Stahl, with all the others that are speaking up now, and our readers, and this is one of the things that we're going to ask our readers to do, is, and we're going to put forward names of politicians, uh, their their, their email addresses, their phone numbers, and we're going to ask them to petition them and call them, and just to be relentless uh, with us in this quest. Uh,
1: You know, it's interesting, one of the things, one of the questions I am inundated with, uh, from people is they want to know when their turn will be. They want to know how will they know. And and these are, uh, you know, vulnerable people in the community. And I actually sent a question in, you know, to the the, the PR people for the Ministry of Health. And uh, they promised a response. And of course, there's been no response. Doctors don't know. No one knows. And, and that just contributes to the anxiety, Dr. Stahl.
2: Yeah, you know, I, I, I think, you know, I think a lot of what people are learning about the system is actually, you know, to give credit to the star in particular, to a lot of the fantastic work that journalists are doing. I mean, even today, uh, the star from Kenyon Wallace and Cameron Talk launched their vaccine tracker, right, um, to provide more information that's accessible to the public on what is going on. I think really a lot more, you know, could be, we could give confidence and comfort to families with, clear information, a clear plan of action. Um, and, and, for you know, particularly for vaccines, I think that's why people got fed up. I mean, this is one that's very easy to understand that, you know, and I've said it before and I'll say it again, when you leave vaccines in the freezer, you're leaving lives on the table. And, you know, other issues are much more complex Uh, and have a much greater, you know, historical failings attached to them. But this is a pretty simple one to get right, and we're getting it wrong right now.
1: Yeah, and there's uh, uh, some people are saying ultimately it's supply. Do you agree with that? Well, you know, we've
2: had the supply. uh, We've had, you know, almost 150,000 doses uh, since the end of the calendar year. There's 75,000 long-term care residents. So we could have vaccinated, actually, we could have vaccinated them all for their first dose and have enough reserved, uh, to get their second doses. So we could have done it. Um, the problem is there were things that were done to not move the Pfizer product into long term care homes. There were days off taken for the holidays and they started to distribute the product to other people, healthcare workers and other people that were actually prioritized lower down than the long term care homes. So, Product has not been the issue when it's come to long term care homes. It certainly supply is going to be an issue for vaccinating all 15 million of us or even the over 60 population. But for this population should not have been an issue.
1: Okay, Um, we are uh, running out of time. Uh, Jordan Bitov, what would you like to uh, leave us with?
3: um uh, Libby first of all again thank you and and your entire organization for the great work that you're doing um thank you. we we listen we Paul and I I said it before um the Toronto Star and the 128 years of history and all of the other publications, the 73 other uh, newspapers that we have throughout the community and the millions of Ontarians that we touch, we are going to be the voice for those. And Paul uh, you know, uh, and I are very, very passionate, um, but we're doing this because we have to. We have to speak on their behalf. And so uh, I would just you know ask everyone uh, to that when you see it in the star and and uh, you get the opportunity, write your politician, write, uh, email them, call them, and w- if enough of us sort of speak up and do it, they'll start listening. And we have to do it. There's never been a more important time. We owe it to them. And so my commitment and Paul is to do what's right, and and to, we will continue as I said before to do it. I want to just say from my personal note. David Peterson, the former premier, who is our vice chair, huge listener and, and lover of uh, your station. And so I want to put a request in for LaDonna Immobile Verdes Rigoletto. So at some point in time, <laughs> in the next 24 hours, if you
4: guys can play it, would love to. On the other station.
1: Sure. <laughs> I mean, no problem. Exactly. <laughs> uh, We're over time. But Paul Rivet, how about 15 seconds?
4: No, I thank you, Libby. And thanks again for having us. And at listen Jordan said it best but I would just add it it's it's unconscionable what's happening and 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 we are putting all of our resources behind getting the message out and holding the politicians accountable and we would like our readers and 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 your listeners and everybody to get behind pushing for as dr. Saul was saying let's just start with transparency let's just make it clear what's happening to kind of so that people can track it follow it and and let's do what we can to get these most vulnerable people protected as quickly as possible. And that's, uh, that's what we, we're on a mission to do the best we can to help that.
1: Okay. And of course, you can go to carp.ca, sign the petition, and there are lots of ways to get involved through there as well. Uh, we're way over time. Thank you so much, Dr. Nathan Stahl, Jordan Bitov, and Paul Rivet. Thank you,
4: Libby. you,
0: Libby. Thank
1: you. Okay, and that's all the time we have for today. Remember, Free for All Friday is coming up tomorrow.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio, heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio, heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio.